Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on St- Saga 960. I want to introduce you tonight to Stephanie Farrell. Um, Stephanie is a trauma-informed, intuitive eating counselor, a coach, a published author, a blogger, an energy therapist, and a speaker. And uh, in addition, she's a, a corporate yoga and meditation instructor where she helps uh, boost team morale, reduce stress, and improve employee engagement. Wow, that's a, a mouthful of different things that you're up to. <laughs> And uh, you're uh, speaking to us from Hamilton, I presume? Yes, I am. I'm in Hamilton, Ontario. And, and yet, I guess with uh, today's virtual world, uh, you can provide this counseling anywhere in the world. Yes, absolutely. I do. I have an online business, virtual yoga, virtual uh, coaching, etc. So it's wonderful. I can reach so many people out there. Fantastic. So how did you get into this? Uh, you say you were uh, a trauma-informed intuitive mm-hmm. eating counselor. Did the trauma get you into everything? Um, actually it did, uh, I have quite a long story. Um, when I was a child, uh, I didn't have a very great home life. I would say, uh, growing up, um, it was very traumatic. Uh, I was in a bigger body and, um, I was teased and, you know, just ridiculed by my peers and, um, and at home as well. Um, but uh, after that, I, um, when, as I grew older, I, I developed an eating disorder, uh, two actually, uh, anorexia and bulimia. And um, it took me a long time to find my way out of that. So that's the intuitive eating and body confidence coaching. Wow. Um, yeah. So you said you were in a bigger body. So, so yeah. you, you, you ate a lot when you were a child or? It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily just that. I mean, yes, I had my fair share of sweets, but my mother told me um, that I wasn't breastfed. She, she tried formulas with me and I just, I just gained weight rapidly as a child. Uh, eventually I kind of grew out of it, but then I developed a very warped sense of myself and um, developed a pretty serious eating disorders. This so, was when you were a teenager or, or, or yeah, young adult? Um, what? When I was uh, around 12, I developed bulimia. And then that sort of fluctuated between anorexia and bulimia, um, binge eating. Um, so my weight went up and down and up and down and up and down, uh, which is very detrimental for, you know, your health um, as well as eating disorders are very, can be very, very serious. Um, but it took For some people that might not know, uh, what bulimia and uh, anorexia is. Can you sort of describe those? A little bit, yeah. Um, anorexia uh, nervosa is basically restricting your food intake. So eating very, very, very little. Um, basically self-induced starvation. 
Um, and that in itself is very traumatic. So that's the trauma of that. Uh, bulimia is eating large quantities of food and purging. So whether it's by exercise or um, self-induced vomiting, not very fun to talk about, but, <laughs> or laxatives, things like that. So, um, yeah, I developed both of those. And you did this because you were ridiculed and bullied because you were too yes. big? Yes. And I, I did suffer, um, like I mentioned, my home life was very um, unpredictable, very uh, scary. So I never really felt safe as a child. So that food actually provided me the safety that um, I felt I needed that I didn't get from, you know, um, my mother anyway. <laughs> uh, my father and my mother and father separated. So I was living with my mother and she was not in a very good situation uh, with um, uh, an abusive boyfriend. So I'd seen all of this transpiring as a small child and I just don't feel safe. I don't feel safe at all. And so how did you get out of this? Yeah, so it took me some time. Uh, I mean, I am an energy um, therapist, so I practice something called emotional freedom techniques, which is emotional fantastic. freedom freedom techniques. techniques. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, what is it, emotional freedom techniques? Emotional freedom techniques. Well, it's an energy therapy. Some people call it like an energy psychology. Uh, you may have heard of EFT tapping or tapping, and basically, it's. Uh, a way to down-regulate the stress response. So when you're in a trauma state, you're in that you know, uh, fight, flight, or freeze response. What it does is sort of regulate that and bring you back to a nice level um, uh, place in your nervous system, right? But it also helps you um, change um, thoughts in a sense. It sort of rewires the neural networks so it helps you change your behavior, your thoughts, your beliefs, and it also helps uh, regulate that stress response and helps with um, sometimes very emotional uh, issues. How does it change you? How does it help you change your thoughts and beliefs? Well, um, it's kind of a, it's a somatic cognitive therapy. So we're using a body up approach in a sense because it involves finger tapping on different points in the body so i can show you those if you'd like you can even tap a little round sure <laughs> there are acupressure points in the body so um there's one on the side of your hand if you can just see here between the base knuckle the pinky finger and the um the wrist and you just want to take your your two fingers and just tap there it's very calming for the nervous system just the side of your hand side of your hand and okay. then there's a few more points that i gotta show you and then here, right where the eyebrow meets, yes, right there, exactly. That's the eye point. So, so tapping the uh, forehead. Oh, uh, well, it's just where the eyebrow meets, like the bridge of your nose. Okay, the eyebrow there. meets the bridge of your nose. Yeah, and then over here where this little bone is on the outer edge of your, um, your eyebrow, right there. So the, the side of your eye, the side of your eyebrow. Side of your eye. Okay. And then under the eye lots of uh, attention to around the eye yes there's so many meridians there it's based on acupressure uh ancient chinese acupressure under the nose right upper lip yeah exactly on the chin 
and then the collarbone area. And for the collarbone area, I just tell people to take their hand just where a man will wear his tie and just gently tap. Two more points and we're almost done. <laughs> Under the arm, right where a woman would wear her bra strap. And then on top of the head. Yeah. That's why so, it makes it so nice when someone pats you on the head. It is. It's absolutely wonderful. If you're in a stressed state, you can calm you down too. <laughs> By getting patted on the head. We're chatting tonight with Stephanie Farrell. She is an intuitive um, eating coach. She's a... Uh, a corporate yoga instructor. She's a trauma-informed intuitive eating counselor. She's a published author. She's a blogger. She's an energy therapist, uh, and she's a speaker. And uh, we're going to take a break and come back more with Stephanie in just a minute. Stay with us, everybody. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga 960. Tonight, we're chatting with Stephanie Farrell. She is a trauma-informed, intuitive eating counselor, a coach, a published author, a blogger, an energy therapist, and a speaker. And in addition, she is a corporate yoga and meditation instructor where she helps teams um, with their morale, reduce stress, and improve employee engagement. And as I said earlier, I think that sounds like a, a lot. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the things that, uh, that uh, you teach these corporate clients and what uh, they might not know. Yeah, so they probably don't know my journey into yoga and how I get into it and um, uh, some of the other practices that, uh, they probably don't know some of the other practices that I do, the, the intuitive eating, the coaching and all of those things, but they might not know my journey towards yoga, which was basically my traumatic past. Um, actually, I had been practicing yoga since I was a very small girl. My father was an avid yogi in the 60s in Montreal, and he taught me my first poses in practice. Um, but then again, you know, off and on over the years, not doing yoga so much um, here and there. And we discussed my trauma in terms of um, being in a bigger body and having the uh, eating disorders. And um, I also found myself in uh, pretty abusive relationships uh, over the years. So, so those in your, really... in your in your growing up or or in uh, no, in my in my twenties and my thirties. So, <laughs> I um, I did a lot of a lot of self work uh, with all of the coaching methods that I use, including the EFT tapping. Uh, that we talked about earlier, and the intuitive eating and the yoga. So I practiced um, yoga to help me heal uh, my wounds. But then I found out there was a trauma-specific approach to yoga uh, for trauma and PTSD. What is so, the trauma-specific uh, approach to yoga? Yeah, it's, it's about um, giving people agency. It's giving them choice in class. Um, it's um, slower practice. There are a lot of um, poses that are releasing trauma from the body uh, in terms of the psoas. The psoas is basically our emotional muscle. So we work a lot to 
Uh, and the psoas, if people don't know, it's underneath the hip flexors. So it's this very big muscle and it goes up and it wraps around. And uh, we call it the emotional muscle because it really holds a lot of uh, trauma, holds a lot of emotion uh, for us. I mean, if you think of something, you know, someone coming up behind you and like scaring you, you instantly pull yourself into this kind of position where your legs are sort of pulled into your body and you're, you're crouched over. So what does that is the psoas, right? So all of this um, energy is stuck in the psoas muscle. So there's a lot of um, releasing, uh, tensing and releasing that muscle. Uh, I use essential oils. Um, there are certain things in the room that I would not have in a live class uh, that may be um, difficult for people who who have had trauma. Yeah, fascinating. And um, and and so this meditation. How do you uh, mm-hmm. add the yoga and meditation together? Oh well, if, even for my regular classes, I just love to uh, love to um, do a little short meditation at the end. Um, I practice yoga nidra, which is, you know, specifically for people who, um, I guess, in terms have suffered some kind of a trauma. Because when you suffer a trauma, you're not really usually connected so much your head and your body are kind of separate you're more in your head i find Uh, that's what it was like for me there's kind of a separation there so it helps people to reconnect with their body uh, in a a way and create a safe uh, haven for them really somewhere they can access in daily life when they need to feel calm and um, connected yeah and how, uh, how do you teach these uh, corporate uh, yoga meditation classes? Uh, you do it virtually? Uh, yes, I teach all of my classes virtually at the time being. So I do have private classes um, uh, and uh, corporate classes I teach online. I also teach with another studio um, uh, that just started in, uh, in my area. So that's virtually as well, Purple Poppy, and that's where I teach the trauma-sensitive yoga and yoga for body confidence. But uh, the corporate classes, yes, I'm teaching them online. Uh, we're not back yet live in the, uh, the companies. And uh, there are various classes that I teach. So I, I actually add elements of uh, trauma-sensitive yoga everywhere I teach, <laughs> just in the instruction and, and in the breath work and such. And the meditation. You said that uh, you think people misunderstand yoga and meditation. What do people yeah. misunderstand about yoga and meditation? Oh, people think that um, yoga is, is, you know, you have to be flexible to do yoga. But that's a real misconception. I mean, a lot of people who are not flexible may want to improve their flexibility at any level. Uh, Yoga will help you do that. Um, People have a misconception that only women do yoga, but I'm finding, you know, my classes, it's basically 50-50. That number is growing all the time. Men are discovering yoga and they're loving it. Um, There's another misconception that older people can't do yoga, and that's certainly not the case. People with uh, limited mobility, not just the elderly, but um, people with limited mobility can definitely do yoga. I teach uh, yoga. My almost 90-year-old mom does chair yoga every day. Yes, yes. I love teaching that. What's chair yoga? 
Well, basically you're sitting in a chair and you're moving through different yoga postures and, and moves and incorporating that breath in there, stretching out certain parts of the body, you know, keeping your spine healthy. There's all kinds of benefits to chair yoga. Mm -hmm. I sit all day. What's the solution for my sitting all day other than standing all day? Well, there are, there are certain things you can do. Number one, I would say if you're sitting all day, you want to make sure that your desk is set up right so that you're, um, <laughs> it's ergonomic, ergonomically friendly for you so that you're sitting in a good position, that your feet are touching the floor. Um, you want to definitely take some time out and breathe. You know, when we're on the go all day or sitting in a desk all day, we collapse our chest. So taking a breath or two. So maybe you just want to try with me. You can place your hand on your belly and place one hand on your chest and just notice how you're breathing. Just notice. Yeah. So is your, is your hand on your belly moving in and out? Yes. It is. Well, you've got good breath then. <laughs> because when we get stressed and when we're sitting all day, we tend to collapse the chest. So a lot of people actually are very shallow breathers. But the trick is to really expand that breath in. So if you inhale through the nose, nice big inhale here for three, two, one. And then exhale nice and easy, maybe through the mouth this time. That's very okay. slow breathing. It is very slow breathing, helps to calm you down. Actually, a part of the trauma sense of yoga is breathing. <laughs> and um, and uh, it actually helps to stimulate the vagus nerve, which, which calms the nervous system down. What's the vagus nerve? The vagus nerve, it's a nerve. It's a 10th cranial nerve, actually. Uh, and it's very... Um, it's very involved in trauma. I don't know if I want to get into all the polyvagal theory, but <laughs> we could, it might be long. Um, there's a theory called polyvagal theory, and that's by um, a wonderful scientist whose name escapes me right now. But um, he created polyvagal theory, and it means three. But, well, poly is many, uh, but in this case, there's three. Um, we've heard of the um, sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. And we always think of sympathetic as in like that, you know, fight flight response, that get up and go and move response. And the parasympathetic is rest and digest. But actually um, the vagus nerve, which is in the back of the neck, um, it splits into two branches in the parasympathetic. So there's two branches, parasympathetic, there's the frontal or, um, the ventral, right? And then there's the dorsal, which means it's in the back. So it innervates all of these systems in our bodies, this vagus nerve. And so it can actually, uh, in the back of the body, the dorsal vagal system actually is responsible for that freeze response. So you know, if you've ever seen a nature show, uh, an ocean show, and you've seen a shark held upside down, it basically just lies there and it freezes. Um, so that's kind of like how I would um, uh, talk about that freeze response. But the ventral system here, and it has a lot to do with the yoga and the coaching that I do, the ventral system here is really that connection. It's that um, uh, connection with self. It's that clarity. It's that you know, a connection with others and the world around us. 
So like if you think of a little baby, you think of a little baby and uh, having eye contact with its parents and smiling, you know, uh, that's the ventral vagal, you know, that's the ventral vagal system. And that brings us right back online. The sympathetic is that get up and going, fight, flight response. And then we have that um, uh, parasympathetic, <clears throat> excuse me, split into two, freeze response in the back and that connection, that calming connection, that clarity in the, in the ventral vagal. So, okay. So you've got a very calming voice. Um, and I think that, uh, that's sort of one of the things that I think about yoga, this, uh, you know, unbelievably calming, calm voice and slow breathing, but you know, stress is high for a lot of people with COVID-19 and, uh, work and, uh, life and, uh, home boundaries that have blurred. How do you get your corporate clients to deal with stress? What, what do you do to help them? Well, um, I help them with the yoga. I start with um, grounding, just grounding them, getting them out of their day, trying to set it aside, whatever they have done in the morning, whatever they do in the evening or in the afternoon, just setting it aside, giving them 30 to 60 minutes of a practice. So getting physical with the practice, whether it's chair yoga or just getting physical on our mats, it helps to, um, the movements of course, married with breath, it helps just release some of that tension, release some of that stress. And I know that people are very sore sometimes in the shoulders, the back, the neck, you know, and they're holding their, shoulders up by their ears. So focusing in that area, doing some nice shoulder rolls, neck rolls, um, helping them get that energy out and then grounding them again at the end of practice with a nice meditation, a very, very short, but nice meditation. So they can really get that benefit. Uh, like I said, of that reconnection, it's all about that connection, reconnection with self, that getting quiet, getting still being there and being clear for the rest of the day. Um, so it's very beneficial. It, it relieves their stress. Um, it increases their energy. It, you know, it really increases their fitness level as well. They have better posture. They can focus better on their work. They have more concentration. And for the companies, it, it's really beneficial as well because their, um, their, you know, their, the productivity is boosted and the company saves on healthcare costs um, and it lowers absenteeism, of course. And they have happy, happy employees. We're chatting tonight with Stephanie Farrell. She is a certified um, eating disorder coach. Um, she's a intuitive counselor. Uh, she's a corporate yoga teacher and meditation teacher. We're gonna take a break for some messages and come back more with Stephanie Farrell in just a minute. Stay with us, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on Saga960AM.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saga960. We're chatting tonight with Stephanie Farrell. She is a trauma-informed intuitive eating counselor, a coach, a published author, a blogger, an energy therapist, and a speaker. And she's a corporate yoga and meditation instructor, and she uh, uses her yoga and meditation 
to boost team morale, reduce stress, and improve employee engagement. And she's given us a little bit of a, a taste of that just before the break. Uh, and I called you a uh, a um, eating disorder coach, and you corrected me and said, no, you're not an eating director coach. You're a certified intuitive eating counselor. Tell me, please, Stephanie Farrell, what is the difference between an eating disorder coach or counselor and a certified intuitive eating counselor? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, first of all, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, I practice energy medicine and I'm very schooled in many different things, including certified, you know, intuitive eating. But um, so I don't work with, um, I, I don't normally work with people with eating disorders. Um, I have, but they have to have a treatment team around them. Um, intuitive eating counseling basically is a, a way of eating um with about 10 principles it's really helping foster a positive body image and um with people who have been excuse me who have restricted their food intake or who have been on chronic diets up and down um they can sometimes not feel their uh hunger and fullness so it really reconnects it's all about that interceptive awareness which is feeling um from the inside of the body like those hunger cues but i mean if you think about it if your bladder is full you're going to notice that right but people have lost touch with that hunger and fullness so helping with that as well as emotional um uh, the emotions so that's also part of the interceptive awareness it's very funny i actually um, because of my childhood and because of um, what I went through in terms of my own um, eating disorder, disordered eating uh, journey, that's uh, how I found intuitive eating. It helped me so, so much along with the energy work that I do in the yoga. Uh, it helped me so much, the intuitive eating along with the energy work and the yoga that, uh, that I do. But um, because of that journey, um, I recognized, you know, that I was basically, I was eating my emotions, you know. You were eating um, your emotions. What do you mean by yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I was, I was um, not able, it was not safe for me to feel my emotions. Um, I had never had practice at identifying my emotions and processing them properly. So I was really eating my emotions with food. Uh, so now I've just launched a, um, a women's group um, coaching program for binge and emotional eating. So I, I believe there, there are 
problems. And I think it's actually increased since, um, since the pandemic, you know, people are stuck at home and, and, um, you know, feeling anxious from that and all the stress and the stress of COVID and thinking about their relatives and thinking about themselves and their family. It's just increasing stress, which increases, uh, stress and emotional eating and binge eating too. So what is body confidence? Body confidence, body confidence to me is feeling connected to, in tune with your body and being proud of how it looks, it moves, and it feels. Okay, lots of people look at themselves in the mirror and don't like that role and don't like this blemish and that so how do you attain body confidence yeah it's a practice like everything else is a practice it really is a practice it's a a lot about um you know taking a self-compassionate look at yourself uh people don't really have a lot of they have compassion for other people they um but we are our own uh worst critic right so being compassionate letting go of that inner critic. There are exercises I do with my, my, um, my um, clients on letting go of the inner critic, releasing that. Like and what? Give me an example of one. Like of your what? Issues. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, maybe, uh, maybe you'd like to do that with me then if you, if you want. Yes. Um, yeah. I generally have them close their eyes and if there's one thing that their inner critic often says to them, whether it's about a body part or, you know, something about their eating or whatever that might be. And I have them tune into that and I have them describe that person, whatever that voice is in their head. I mean, what does it look like? How old is it? Is it them at a younger age? Because often it is. Our, what our know, criticism is is us at a younger, younger criticizing child. us today yeah it could really? be could be it could be a parent it could be a caregiver or someone so tune into that and really describe it and then as you describe it <laughs> when you describe it um you can actually do the exercise so we would close our eyes and we would picture a radio out in front of us so closing our eyes, picturing a radio out in front of us, and it has two knobs. What we really want to do is change the channel to get rid of that inner critic. So if you tune in and you listen to what that inner critic is saying, and you can hear it, you take one hand and you reach for the volume. And then you turn that volume up just a little bit and hear that voice a little bit louder in your head and then turn it down and turn it down and it gets quieter and quieter and quieter and turn it all the way down and then reach the other hand out and turn the knob, turn the dial to another station. And then I usually have them place their hand on their heart because they're connecting with their inner, true inner self, not that self-critic. Just saying, you know, thank you. What do you need? What is it that you really need? What do you want to tell me? 
from that true inner self. And then that's the exercise. Whatever message they get is really from their true self, their heart, instead of their mind that's been conditioned with all of these um, negative thoughts about them. A lot of body confidence comes from quieting down the inner critic. It can, yes. Yeah. It's a whole system. It's intuitive eating principles. It's getting more confident um, inside and out. It's um, movement with the body. It's uh, connecting with the body in other ways. Yoga Nidra. Now, you um, said that you uh, learned yoga from your father when you were just a kid, but how did you get into it so deeply um, in all these different uh, yoga, meditation, intuitive eating, uh, conf- body confidence, etc. Is this something you got in after you said you had these abusive relationships in your 20s? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I decided to, because I was working in corporate for a long time, which is thus why part of the reason I teach corporate yoga. <laughs> I know what it feels like to sit behind a desk and in a car all day. Um, you were a sales rep. I was, yes. Yeah. So I traveled a lot. I was in a car all day and oh my gosh, I getting in and out of the car I, and sitting at night doing my paperwork, it was just debilitating. <laughs> so yoga, yoga has helped me so much through that uh, as well. But um, uh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that question? I'm just wondering how you got into uh, all the yoga, meditation, all intuitive coaching, uh, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So, um, the abusive relationships and the eating disorder, um, were how I got into that. All the trauma that I had, uh, really led me to study emotional freedom techniques, that tapping, uh, that's been around for years and years, like 25 years or so. Um, that helped me a great deal. I studied other forms of energy therapy, uh, to calm the nervous system, to help and assist with traumas and emotional issues. Um, and, uh, then I just started working on, you know, coaching, emotional coaching, success, success, coaching, uh, got into the yoga, loved it, studied trauma sensitive yoga. Um, and, um, and then the intuitive eating, I think, uh, it looked like something that would really benefit my clients. Um, and, uh, I wanted to, to certify in that. So, and you're no longer doing the corporate sales job. No, no, I'm not. So you're 100% this, uh, online yoga, meditation, intuitive eating coach. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Fantastic. I got to ask you, you seem so together. How would someone that is so together and so self-confident put up with abusive relationships? Oh my goodness. And that has to do with the nervous system as well. (laughs) Abusive relationships are like a cycle, right? There's a cycle of abuse. And then there's times when the person is, is apologetic and wonderful. So it goes in this cycle specifically for me, it was narcissistic abuse, which is very, um, it can be very covert sometimes, um, which it was so very controlling, et cetera, et cetera. And you, you don't really notice it when you're in it. Um, it's, it's something that becomes one, it's an addiction because y- your stress hormones, I mean, when you're in that cycle of abuse, the stress hormones, that cortisol in your system, the stress and the nervous system response to that and all the inner wounds that you've had, uh, are triggered. Right. And then in that, like 
makeup phase or when they're being wonderful, uh, a wonderful person for you, then you, your endorphins come out, like your your feel-good hormones. So it's it's like this flip-flop, 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 <laughs> back and forth, and that's addictive. Um, so, you, you got so, addicted to the, the, the bad and the good? Yeah, we, we do. Uh, in anyone in abusive relationships, it's, it's, um, uh, it's like an addiction in a sense. That's why so many abused women actually go back, uh, time and time again. It's very, very difficult to break that because it's, it's your body learning that cycle. It's in the body all those stress hormones and so that's why we want to do a lot of somatic work to help that which is body based um and energy medicine as well to Were help these break that physically abusive relationships a uh, physically uh, for me um mostly emotional um emotional abuse yeah narcissistic abuse <laughs> basically um but so very controlling uh very uh were you married no i was not no but it was a long-term relationship yes yeah yeah um so the person was again unpredictable as i mentioned my childhood it kind of started there because I was used to my nervous system, my whole system was kind of used to not having a predictable um, circumstance or predictable living experience when I was a child. So, you know, it felt um, felt like your childhood again. It felt like my childhood again, which actually was something, you know, they say uh, it's the devil, you know, or the devil you don't know. <laughs> Somehow that made me it was it was normal to my system. And somehow that made me feel safe, which is this, very sad. This individual um, that was mm. narcissistic, would uh, they accept yes. that they were abusive to you? It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I don't believe that they would um accept responsibility no how did you get out of the relationship um i ended it yeah I ended how did you it get out of the addiction with a lot of the tools that i use i mean man like intuitive eating okay but all the energy medicine that I use, all the energy grounding. And you said there was more than one abusive relationship. So did you repeat the cycle? Um, yes, but in a very different way. Um, and this person was um, very different uh, and it did, it did repeat. Um, this, this relationship, he ended when it was convenient for him, right? So I was no longer being um, controlled. I was no longer acting in a way that was um, acceptable for him or that he could control me. So he ended it and I am so much better for that.
<laughs> I've been infinitely better for that for for quite a quite a while. Um, so, you know, just using all of those techniques to to heal both body mind. Um, so it, it sounds like twice you ended yeah. up with narcissistic controlling men. Yeah. Did you yeah, look in for my that? younger years? And in uh, a little later in, in my life, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't fully, um, you know, I, I wasn't practicing the energy medicine. I wasn't, I wasn't able to see it when I was younger. Um, and, you know, throughout the last, the second relationship, I had been, I had been healing by practicing this, by certifying myself in different things, by learning about trauma, by- and He didn't like trauma. that. What's that? He didn't like it. He didn't want you to get caught. No, no, he didn't want me to spread my wings and fly. It was inconvenient for him. So, you know, but I'm so infinitely thankful that, <laughs> that I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm, I'm, I'm just, so thrilled to be be doing what i'm doing helping other people and 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 do you think all men are like this no of course not no i don't think all men are like this there are women that are like that as well um, i've met some there's no question yes. Yes. um and so um how do you how do you know uh today if uh a potential romantic partner is going to be narcissistic and controlling well I believe that when you've gone through those things and you've learned and you've had some healing and you've had some time to reflect on it, healing all the inner wounds, healing, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, nervous system wise, that you have to learn to trust your instincts you need to learn to trust and really feel inside whether something is good or bad just tune in and that's why the body is so important you tune in you know and then you you also going through that you've learned those red flags right? you said the second gentleman um ended it uh and you're happy he did yes very why? were you not uh, brave enough to end it yourself uh, I think I was putting it off. I think I was putting it off. Um, my life was, um, you know, going, it, it was kind of chaotic at that time. And uh, I had just gone through some stuff with work and whatnot. And um, I knew it didn't feel right. I could see it wasn't right. You know, I was starting to wake up and uh starting to be more of myself and um less controlled etc but i think that i was putting it off i was putting it on the back shelf so you know so i know i would have eventually was, but even though he was narcissistic and controlling if he hadn't ended it you would have maybe stayed no i was getting ready to end it actually uh i was getting ready you know it just took me a little while and but, just out of interest, uh, yeah. you know, how long were these two relationships? Very long term. Yeah, very long term. Like um, a year or 10 years? Oh, no, eight, eight, 10 years. Each. Yeah. yeah. Imagine that. So you stayed in them a long time. I did. I did. Have you had 
a positive relationship? Yes, very positive. I had a positive relationship uh, in my younger years. And, um, you know, I, I think that... Uh, Before these two abusive people. Yes, yes. Very positive. Very positive. So, you know. <laughs> and so what happened with that one? Uh, I ended it. We were going in different directions. Yeah, in our lives. So, yeah. That's interesting. Um, I'm, 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 I'm asking these questions because it seems like other than that one relationship, um, even, and it's interesting that you ended it, 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 it seems, and I've heard this from a lot of people, that you look to this, this devil you know type thing. And that, uh, that if you're yeah. abused as a child, you end up you know, almost seeking that abuse um, or something comparable to it um, later on. And it seems like Absolutely. you've had three negative relationships, uh, uh, one with your family in your teenage years, uh, and then two different ones with uh, male uh, uh, companions in, uh, in your adult years. Yeah, my mother, um, specifically my mother, my father was um, completely opposite <laughs> to what she was like. She was, um, she is uh, narcissistic, I would say. And so um, that kind of um, abuse was, like I say, it was normalized. My system was, it felt like it was normal, my whole system. Um, so coming out of that, um, going into a good relationship, um, could have been the reason I ended it because it didn't feel right on that level. I almost uh, wonder if that was conscious level. the case unconsciously. You said, Oh my God, this is too good. And I exactly, don't deserve the exactly. too good. Yes. And then you're right. It's the devil, you know, and the devil, you don't know. So the devil, you know, is much more attractive uh, on a whole full body nervous system level. Um, your head might be saying one thing and then your body is saying another, your nervous system is saying another, and somehow that feels safe to you. But, you know, after you start waking up and realizing it's not safe, you're in that addictive cycle of that, um, that, you know, the feel good chemicals and then the cortisol. And it's just, it's a whole cycle. And that's like you said, you know, a lot of women go back. We're chatting tonight with Stephanie Farrell. She is a trauma informed intuitive eating counselor, a coach, a published author, a blogger, an energy therapist, a speaker, and a corporate yoga and meditation instructor. We're going to take a final break. Uh, for some messages and then come back more with some concluding comments with Stephanie in just a minute. Stay with us. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga 960. We're chatting tonight with Stephanie Farrell. Uh, trauma-informed intuitive eater, uh, eating coach, coach, uh, counselor, coach, published author, blogger, energy therapist, speaker, and corporate yoga and meditation instructor. And we've been having a really frank and interesting conversation about her life and uh, some trauma that she went through both as a teenager and then um, in some adult relationships um, and how yoga, meditation, and, uh, and uh, uh, intuitive eating uh, and other things really helped her out of that. Um, so Stephanie, I'm wondering if some young girl, maybe, you know, the age that you were uh, when you were encountering those problems when you were a teenager, or maybe in your 20s, uh, when you were in the, the bad relationship came to you today, and said that, uh, you know, she was um, 
she had eating disorders and she wasn't happy with herself and she thought she was in an abusive relationship, what would you tell her? Well, um, if it was your younger self, what would you tell mm -hmm. your younger self? Just the fact that she's reaching out to someone to get help is, is the biggest thing. She's reaching out, which means she's able to get the help. Of course, I'm not a psychologist. I would refer her if need be. Um, I could absolutely help her with some of the energy therapy that I do um, and the intuitive eating. But, um, but yeah, I would just tell her, you know, good on you for reaching out for that help. When I was young, I didn't. Not until I was very much older. And what about the two guys? What if one of those guys came to you um, and, and it's not you, you're the, the yoga teacher or the yoga instructor um, that, that the girl's coming to. And, and he came to you and he said, I, I worry that I'm a narcissist and I'm uh, verbally abusing and emotionally abusing my girlfriend. What would you tell them? Uh, narcissists don't actually say that. They don't even know there's anything wrong with them. And the funny thing is, it's, it's um, often they've had a very traumatic childhood so uh, they somehow develop a narcissistic um, personality or a narcissistic uh, way of being. Um, the other way you can turn in a, in a very abusive childhood is into a codependent. So I was a codependent <laughs> for a long mean? time. What does a codependent mean? Well, basically, I need someone else to... Um, make me feel safe um that i was never able to set my boundaries um that i was well with all the eating disorder stuff i was extremely insecure so codependency is not just like um what you talk about in drug abuse or alcohol abuse it's it's in a different way as well so it can be with relationships Stephanie Farrell, this has been a really interesting conversation tonight. I really appreciate it. If people want to reach out to you um, to get your coaching or counseling or your yoga or meditation work, um, uh, how do they do that? Um, they can reach me on Instagram. My handle is at your coach, Stephanie, uh, and S-T-E-P-H-E-N-I-E. -E. They can also email me uh, at Stephanie at stephaniefarrell.com or stephaniefarrell.com at energycorporateyoga.com. Stephanie Farrell, thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing some of your story. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's our show for tonight. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I'm on every Monday through Friday at 6 o'clock on 960 AM. Good night, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.